You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A, brought to you by Blueprint MCAD. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, sir. I'm good, sir. What about yourself? I am wonderful. What can I help you with? So, first of all, I am an immigrant. I just recently become a United States citizen through the through the military because I am uh, uh, how can you say that reserve soldier. Okay. So I made a choice to be a reserve because I was checking my age mm-hmm. when I went to Af- uh, when I come here in the US. Check my age. I was like, I want to go to med school and to be active duty. It's gonna be hard for me to go to school full time. Get all those science classes. So I made a choice to be a reserve part-time and go to school full-time. So okay. that's all me. I was in medical school back in Africa, in Cameroon, to level five. So basically out there, it's like when you graduate high school, you just pass the board and you jump into medical school. And yep. I went to uh, United States and that was really sh- hard for me because I went here by myself. Mm-hmm. And in my country, I just get kicked out to the medical school before, uh, because of financial issue because my father just retired and he didn't have uh, the money to pay for my school. So they kicked me out. I was in level five. I was already started rotation mm-hmm. in the hospital. So I went in the United States thinking like it's going to be the same. So that's probably where I am. And my advisor in the school told me that because I owe money to my old school in Africa, I cannot have my transcript. Mm-hmm. So I got to start everything over. It's like I have a high school. I have a high school. So I started school in, 20, in August 2020 when I was done with my AIT in the army. So now I just graduated last, I mean, I'm going to say, the summer, this mm-hmm. summer, I just graduated my associate degree, but because we don't have a graduation for the summer, so I'm going to graduate in fall. And, okay. and now this is a big deal where I'm going to transfer. So that where I was jumping to my first question is how the medical school is going to see my application because I don't have those transcripts from my medical school in Africa. Yeah. That's my first one. You don't you don't need them. They don't care about them. Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it, it's an easy answer. And and something I, I highly recommend everyone make sure they go and read the instruction manuals, the applicant guides for the different application services. But it's pretty it's pretty standard that if you don't use your international credits, your schooling to transfer here to the States where a college here takes those credits and gives you credit for that towards your degree, they don't, they don't care about them. They, they just, we, we are very elitist here in the States where only our education system matters. And that's the same, that's the same strategy that the, the medical schools and the application services use. It doesn't matter that you could have gone to the most prestigious university in England or Africa or wherever. They don't care. Unless you transfer the, the credits here, they don't care about them, even, even if it's medical school. You will get a question on your application that says, have you matriculated in medical school before? 
so matriculated, have you started medical school somewhere? And you'll you'll answer yes to that because you did start medical school in in Africa. And so you'll say yes, it'll it'll open up a box where you'll have some room to write about it and you'll just tell the story. You started medical school, but due to financial issues, you couldn't pay for it anymore and you left and now you're here. Oh, nice. Because now I am a surgical tech with uh, three years of experience. Awesome. And also here uh, in in the US, I have a family to feed. So it's really hard for me to find a good hospital or a good schedule to kind of balance school and job and most of my, I'm going to say, those responsibilities that I have in Africa. Mm-hmm. So I have a question about my activity because I have a lot of hobby and because of, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to use the the typing like because of COVID, I cannot do this and this, but I'm going to say because of COVID, I found a way to do something else, like being in the hospital or doing some research and stuff. So in my activity, I have a lot of hobby because I play soccer, mm-hmm. I do tracks, and also I open like two YouTube channels to help uh, some people that come from Africa or they speak, because I speak French, French is my first language, I learned English here. And I help those people to find a way how they can sign a good contract in the army. And also I teach them the test, how to jump in the military. I don't know if it's kind of like a community service or a hobby or a volunteering. Mm-hmm. So in, uh, in the map app, in the map app on the website, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what is the rubric where I can put that. Yeah. So Ultimately, it doesn't really matter how you categorize it in, in mapped app or on your applications. The, the goal is just to show what you've been doing with your time. And starting a YouTube channel and helping other people, you could call that a hobby. You could call it potentially community service if you're doing it for free. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. So I wouldn't stress about those little nuances of how do I label this? Do I, do I label it? Uh, uh, an extracurricular activity? Do I label it other? Do I label it hobby? Do I label it community service? It ultimately doesn't really matter. Just talk about what you're doing. Talk about the impact. Show the reviewer, the person who's going to be reading your application, show them who you are through those essays. Oh, yes. And also, like I say, I I am a surgical tech, but before that, I was a CNA. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy to be a CNA, but in the fact that I was already like set up in the hospital, mm-hmm. I was thinking as a doctor when I was working as a CNA. So I had some issue with some nurses when they do some stuff to the patient and they don't really know what they're doing. And I have that, that thinking, I was thinking as a doctor, mm-hmm. not as a CNA. So I left those jobs because of those issues. And when I become a, a surgical tech, I really felt in love with the OR. Mm-hmm. So I walked 12 hours a day to the memorial here in Houston. And I really like to, I mean, when I wake up around four, my head is just like, what kind of cases I'm going to have today? <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. And that situation kind of stressed me out mm-hmm. because I feel like the medical school is going to see me as a person who's just focusing 
uh, in the OR, not mm. like see a family, like be shadowing a family doctor or go to do volunteering to a family doctor or see another another specialty. So my question is, can, is it possible for me to diversify my clinical experience or I can just do what I, I love to do? So is your question, do you have to diversify? Yes. Yeah. No, you don't have to diversify. If you love the operating room, that passion is going to show through in, in everything that you're doing and how you're writing about it and how you're talking about it. You're not the first person that loves the operating room and all of their activities surround shadowing orthopedic surgeons and being around orthopedic surgeons. And it, like when you read an application, it's like, oh, you, you're interested in orthopedic surgery, aren't you? And the student's like, eh, yeah, yeah, I am. That's okay. And be aware that most students change their mind when they're in medical school and just be open to those possibilities. The good thing is that being in love with the operating room opens you up to a lot of specialties. You could love internal medicine and then go into GI where you do a lot of procedures as a gastroenterologist. That's, that's doing a lot of procedures, and, but it's still a primary care into a subspecialty. So there are lots of paths that you can take to get into still being involved kind of tangentially or directly with the operating room or procedures and stuff like that. So I wouldn't worry about it. Do what you like to do. Don't, don't go and change what you're doing just to go check some boxes. Okay. Because I was thinking, I was I was thinking about that because in most of the podcasts, you always say it's not the checking boxes. So I was like, I'm just going to do what I love to do. And it's not everything related to medicine. Yeah. Be because sometimes uh, I'm involved in some um, conference and real estate and involved or something. So I'm just doing what I like. So my other question now is, I'm about to transfer to a university and I have, a, I'm not going to say a solid GPA because when I start school, that was very bad. I didn't have the, someone to tell me what to do and I find the hard way. So my first semester in college was horrible, so horrible. I got some bad grades. And like I say, I just learned on YouTube how yep. to handle classes in US and I went to 2.8 GPA science to 4.0. Nice. So now I'm, and my other issue is like, I'm good in science, but not good in non-science classes. So most of my big grade is non-science. So I don't know if it's gonna, you know, sometimes I kind of like, they're going to see like this guy is just focusing on science and non-science classes. So, because when I'm looking for uh, most of student application, they have a really strong non-science GPA and the science GPA is kind of, you know, low. So I'm thinking about that either taking, either transferring to a university, because I'm planning to transfer to University of Houston or University of Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for if, I mean, my question is about, do you, will you recommend a bachelor in science, in biology, or a bachelor in art, in biology? 
Doesn't matter. Oh, so because or right, I see, or I gotta take that about uh, you, because I'm, major major in economics, major in Spanish, major in French, major in biology. Doesn't matter if it's a BS or a BA. Major in whatever you want to major in. Period. Doesn't matter. Yes, you have to take science classes. You have to take the prereqs to to get into medical school to to prepare for the MCAT. That's it. Go go study what you want to study. Whether that's the fastest way out of college, so to to reduce your loans and other stuff, whatever you think is the best path for you, do that. Okay, sir. And I have a question about my my kind of English barrier because I learned English through uh, a process in the military because when 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 I joined you oh uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right now your English is fine oh thank you sir we're having a conversation right now <laughs> I can understand you you can understand me your English is fine you have a, a thick accent and and that's perfectly fine somebody somebody who who listens to you will go oh you're not from here but they'll be able to understand you perfectly fine. So don't stress about that. It's a right. very, it's a, and, and I wanted to stop you because I get this question a lot from, from immigrants, uh, non-native English speakers. They're very, very self-conscious about um, their English abilities, how they're, they're understood. They're self-conscious about accents. You're fine. I promise you. All right. All right. See. So, I mean, this is, most of my question because all those inter interrogation that I have, I found the answer on the uh, on the podcast and on the book. So yeah. <laughs> most most of my question about how to study about the hamcat, how to schedule it, how to apply early, like the tips to apply early, all this stuff. I mean, I have all those questions to the book to okay. the book, but the question I didn't have the answer. That's why I was trying to ask. If I can have some some of um insight or some question, oh yes, my last question is about um I don't really know how to uh, set up all the leadership that I have mm -hmm. uh, in the in the military is kind of the same leadership, but it's kind of different because I know you you, you were in the Air Force before. Mm -hmm. So you pretty much understand what, I, what I'm talking about because we have different kind of leadership, but yep. I don't really I don't really know how to say that because we done the last two weeks ago, we do we, we did the CSTX, so like a combat training in the field. And I was responsible for two units. I was responsible for the OR and the, uh, the, the night shift, mm -hmm. and I was responsible to um, uh, sterilize the instrument to the CMS. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of two things, but in the same area. So I don't yeah. know if in my application, how can I kind of display that? Yeah. Or it's just one leadership because I got the same soldier working for me. I mean, I'm a specialist, but I have some soldier that work on myself so yeah it's it's a it's a it's a 
An easy answer for me, again, I've, I've talked to a lot of military vets who are applying to medical school, and, and the answer is frustrating, and it's you, you can't say everything that you've done in the military. And this is the same answer for very non-traditional students who have had lots of, of opportunities to do things in their career, where they, at least for AMCAS, right, for the, the MD application service, and you're in Texas, so you'll be applying to, to uh, TMDSAS probably. TMDSAS is a little bit different because it's unlimited in terms of the number of activities that you can write about. So you potentially could write about every single leadership activity you've had in the military. It gets very redundant after a while, very repetitive, and the person reading it is like, why do you keep telling me this? It's basically the same thing with a different title. So for AMCAS, where you are limited to 15 spots, you potentially will have one activity as kind of the main military job activity. And then potentially you could have another activity that you, you label as leadership. And you say, during my time in the military, I was able to hold many different leadership positions, the one that stands out the most blah, 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 blah. And you tell a little bit of a story there and show your leadership. So you just focus on what you want to focus on, right? It's at the end of the day, it's your application. It's your story. You're the director of your own story and you can focus on whatever you want to focus on. All right, sir. And the, uh, about about shadowing, because mm -hmm. now it's kind of hard because mm -hmm. in Texas, the case of COVID got high a little bit we start wearing masks again so <laughs> they never wore masks in texas to begin with come on <laughs> i mean in the in the hospital in the hospital you got that yeah. policy that say now you cannot wear your mask but i was in the hospital two days ago they say oh we wear masks again i was kind of surprised so yep. so the, the the doctor told me yeah we wear masks again so i was asking about uh virtual shadowing because i have mm -hmm. a lot of hours i have like a hundred hours of virtual shadowing mm -hmm. my question is is it enough to do virtual shadowing then i mean have a only virtual shadowing in yep. your application or physical shadowing yeah it always doesn't matter it's not ideal to only have virtual shadowing ideally you have some in-person shadowing as well so just just keep asking keep trying see what what works but if you're if you're in the hospital working as a surgical tech why not just ask the surgeon, like, hey, can I come in on my day off and just like hang out in the corner of the I, operating I mean, room? I mean, I, I did, but like I just said, I work 12 hours a day, sir. So yep. I need to ask to uh, the HR or my supervisor in the hospital if they say yes. But most of the time, the answer is no, because I am on the contract. And to go like shadowing a doctor, I need to, it is a lot of process. And most of the time, the answer is no. The doctors say, yes, I have a lot of doctors. They allowed me. Yeah. I mean, they say you have a good skill in the OR. I would be glad to have you like in, in my clinic and stuff to see how I'm working with the patient. So it, I mean, right now it's depend of the hospital and it's super hard. It's really hard. Interesting. Really yeah. So to me, I, I wouldn't ask anyone. You work at the hospital, right? You already have the ability to, to walk into the hospital with a badge. And if the doctor says, yeah, come, come to clinic, just show up. <laughs> Who are you asking? Why, why do you need to ask for permission?
Okay. Because <laughs> I mean, you start because I start working at six forty-five, finish around seven fifteen. Yeah. And if I get off, like I go to maybe the second or the third floor, they're gonna ask where I am. Mm. And I cannot do that on my lunch break because the lunch break is 30 minutes. And 30 minutes yeah. is- if you're trying to do it on days that you're working, it's not going to work well. So, I mean, if you're working five days a week, 12 hours, obviously that's that's a lot of time. And you're probably not doing that. So you go in on a day off. I, I, I would try to do that. Too. Yeah. I would try to do that. So, I mean, that's most of the question that right. I have. So about my classes- I mean, I was really struggling about BS, BA, or Bachelor in Health Sciences because yeah. they have mm-hmm. a lot of program out there, and yeah. I'm kind of confusing way where I wanted to go. And also, I was talking to another plastic doctor. He told me that the university matter when you apply to medical school. If you go to a university low ranking or the university high ranking, very, very so, little impact at all. If any, oh. don't worry about that. So just have good grade. Good have MCAT. good grades. Good MCAT. Tell, tell your story. Tell your story. You got it. Be prepared for the interview or write your, your secondary before. Or I mean, I already started writing my secondary, even though I'm applying uh, <laughs> in, one, in one year and a half. Yes, sir. So I try to keep the track. All right. And I wish one day I would text you about how I get accepted to my top school, who is, yes, uh, please. Who is uh, Yeshu, the military medical school. That's the place where I wanted to go. Yusis, yeah. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Keep me posted. Yes, sir. So thank you so much for your help. And every time I meet a new pre-med, he doesn't know a lot about, I mean, most a lot of pre-med out there, they don't know how the process so I always share your channel and thank you. Let them know. Thank you. Thank I you appreciate so it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sir. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.